welcome to the DFD, a podcast dedicated to all things dairy farming. Each episode, we chat with industry leaders who share insights and their experiences into the dairy business. I'm your host, Keith Schweitzer, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the DFD podcast. I'm your host, Keith Schweitzer. So over the last little bit, uh, I've been working with a... uh, veterinarian from Eastern Canada, Sterling and uh, Dorrance. And I was just, uh, we're looking at some different fatty acid testing on uh, some bulk tank samples with herds. And I thought it'd be a really interesting podcast to cover. I know uh, I don't have a lot of samples back or a lot of experience with it, but it's really kind of interesting stuff. I know they do a lot more of it in Eastern Canada uh, and in Quebec. So uh, Sterling, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Yeah, my name is Sterling Dorrance. I'm a large animal veterinarian, but I also work for Lactinet as a dairy production advisor. I've been a vet for 33 plus years and working for Lactinet for about six years where I go around and I basically get into uh, uh, dairy production advice based on DHI test day data and that sort of thing. And I've been looking at Profilab now for a little over a year uh, I'm still not an expert on it, but as Keith said, it's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little about your background? I know you said you were uh, you were in eastern Ontario at some point in your career. Yeah, I had a practice in, in Bankley Kill, Ontario years ago, mm-hmm. and then I moved back home to Nova Scotia, where I'm still practicing as a veterinarian here. Uh, sort of semi-retired, but working with Lactinet as well, and... Uh, uh, primarily dairy cows. That's all I work on. That's all they will let me work on. So uh, that's sort of my story. I know we kind of, we talked about this a little bit already, but uh, I know uh, Lactinet here in Canada has a, has a, I don't know, what do you call it? Like a, like a product or a, or an evaluation for milk samples. It's called Profilab. Yeah, so Profilab is basically they're looking at uh, fatty acid analysis at the bulk tank level. Like historically in the bulk tank, we've looked at milk fat, milk protein, somatic cell count, lactose and other solids and MUN. And now we're, we're, we're looking at fatty acids um, to sort of try and understand a little better the makeup of milk and hopefully a little better the cow that's providing this milk. Yeah, and so where did this start? Like, is it, this is like a... I think a U.S. based thing. I think it was uh, Dr. Barbano at Cornell. Was he kind of the the instigator? I guess you could say in all of this. Or the exact history, I, I'm not sure. I know Quebec has been running this for a number of years, um, but yeah, I think I think fatty acid analysis isn't strictly just Quebec or Canada. I think they're they're recognizing that there is some strength to understanding uh, the fatty acids in milk. Uh, again, primarily for understanding rumen health, as, as we'll get into, but uh, exactly how it started or where it started, I'm not sure. Well, I know it's pretty interesting, like going to different conferences over the last, I don't know, five, eight, ten years, you know, we started hearing rumblings about it, and now it's kind of starting, I guess, to pick up some traction and get into the mainstream, so, mm-hmm. and like I said and, before, and- it's, it's really interesting. And we're at the bulk tank level, I think, and it won't be too far down the road that we'll start looking at fatty acid analysis uh, at uh, the cow level on DHI uh, samples. That's not here yet, but 
I believe it's probably going to be uh, uh, here sooner rather than later, especially in Quebec. And then uh, I think the rest of Canada will probably follow. Yeah. Like you were telling me before, like before we got going here, like you said, they're analyzing what something like 4,000 bulk tanks in Eastern Canada. In Quebec, every single bulk tank that gets picked up gets analyzed for fatty acid analysis. They don't all run Profilab. Profilab is actually the report that the producer would get back. But if you have a bulk tank and it's picked up for milk, uh, fatty acid analysis is, is analyzed in Quebec. In Atlantic Canada, uh, we're not doing it, although there are 74 herds in New Brunswick that for various reasons ship their milk at some point to Quebec. And, and we are looking at that. But as you know, we have a number of herds, about 19 to 21, where I'm actually doing individual samples in Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island and New Brunswick, looking at fatty acid analysis. And you and I, were doing a couple in Ontario right now. Let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts of this. So I guess what is a, a milk fatty acid for some of our listeners that maybe uh, are just uh, hearing about this for the first time? Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, Profilab is the measurement of fatty acids in the milk at the bulk tank level. And to understand Profilab, it's a tool and it's hopefully helping us understand a little bit more about the herd. Because again, it is at the bulk tank level. and We have to realize that that there's pros and cons of, of being at a bulk tank level, but that's where we are right now. And it tells us a little bit about how we're managing and feeding the cows, the milking cows, and more specifically, how we're managing rumen health in these cows. In order to understand what what fatty acids are, you have to look at milk fat a little more closely. And the way I explain it to people, whatever your milk fat is on your herd, if it's 4.2, 4.3, 3.8, whatever, about 93 to 95% of that milk fat number from your bulk tank is made up of fatty acids. The other 5% is made up of glycerol and some other molecules, but 95% of of your milk fat comes from fatty acids. So we're just trying to understand the makeup of these fatty fatty acids in terms of trying to figure out how do we improve butter fat or milk fat uh, in cows and and, and in in herds in general. Yeah, because I know you said there was, or maybe I was reading somewhere, there's like over 800 different fatty acids in a sample of milk and and I think the Profilab just breaks it down to three, correct? Exactly. There's a the pile of them. Just... I, I, there's over 400 for sure and, and maybe a bigger number. But we don't want to know about all 400. We break it down into three major categories. And understanding those categories, again, you have to interpret it and know where the categories are coming from. Um, but it helps us understand what's going on with the cow, what's going on with the room and how we're feeding her. And for instance, the the three categories, we we can get right into that uh, if you want. The first category are de novo fatty acids. And de novo are basically shorter chain fatty acids. Uh, And fatty acids are defined by how many carbons they have in them. I'm not going to get into the biochemistry of that because it's not crucial for this at all. But short chain fatty acids are what de novos are. And the big thing about de novos and why we're so interested in them, they're actually manufactured in the cow's mammary gland. They're synthesized exclusively in her gland from two substances, butyrate and acetate. And these are precursors from rumen fermentation. So whatever de novo she produces is a function of her rumen health. And the healthier her rumen, the more de novos she produces. And the reason that's important is de novos are totally correlated to butterfat. 
um, more than on a one-to-one basis. I think for every 0.1 gram increase in de novo, your butter fat goes up uh, 0.12. So it's really important that we understand how does the cow produce these de novo fatty acids? How can we produce more of them in order to uh, increase butter fat uh, in a herd? Like just looking at the novos from the little bit that I've seen so far, it's really interesting because you can see, like I think the one herd we were doing and they kind of dropped off and I think I didn't quite look at the report yet, but I, I was looking at their bulk tank and the fats come back up. So like we had a heat stress event last week and it, it almost kind of correlated that, you know, the cows were a little bit heat stressed, you know, the novos dropped a little bit, therefore the overall bulk tank dropped a bit. And, you know, hopefully that we said, see that trend kind of turn around and head back in the right direction, but it's just kind of, I guess it's shedding some light onto why we see, I guess, dips in butter fat um, sometimes it, it, and maybe some information in, in the background on that we haven't looked at before. Exactly. Very, very sensitive to anything that can affect rumen health, whether it's heat, whether it's diet, whether it's uh, crowding at the bunk. Uh, if, if rumen health is affected in a negative way, de novos go down and butter fat goes down. So understanding what affects de novos helps us understand what we need to, to maximize de novos and, and, and improve butter fat. It's, it's, it's very straightforward when, when you look at it that way, for sure. Yeah. yeah and I know that we, I th- when you gave the presentation last week, I think we looked at a bunch of different uh, chain fatty acids. Like we're looking at single, like no bond, like one carbon mm-hmm. bond, two carbon bonds, and like the saturated polyunsaturated. And it's really interesting. Like the cow actually produces her own C sixteen zero, which a lot of producers will know as as palmitic acid or you know essentially palm fat. So the cow's actually producing that, and that's why we kind of see the butter fat increase when we do, you know, include it in the diet. Exactly. Like the the three groups, de novos, as I said, are 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 the one we really focus on. The other group of fatty acids we like to look at are called preformed, and preformed are longer chain fatty acids. And they come from two sources. They come from the diet the cow's eating. So the forages, the grains, any additives. Mm -hmm. And the other source of preformed, which makes it kind of an interesting group, is if a cow's mobilizing uh, fat off her back, she's losing body weight, she has ketosis, or she's, she's, you know, pushing a lot of milk, so we're losing weight on her. Uh, those are long chain fatty acids that will come off her back, get into the milk, and they're preformed as well. So preformed are two sources, the feed and body condition. And then these mixed, as you said, the C16, mm-hmm. which is palmitic acid, are right in the middle. And they can come from the cow's de novo synthesis, or from what we feed her, or what she's mobilizing off her back. So it's a little bit of a symphony that you have to kind of put together depending on the herd what's going on but it really gives us some insight into um how we how we can maximize uh, milk fat in a herd over time uh, and 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 maximize profitability because uh, as we know there's a lot of different ways to push butter fat um, but the best way in my opinion is let's do it through the cow first through mm-hmm. maximizing de novo synthesis especially in high production herds and then if we have to fine tune it with some other additives, hey, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And I think it really kind of shed some light on some things like, you know, if you got cows sorting, if you've got, like you said earlier, like crowding at the feed bunk, you know, sometimes we'd see this in fluctuations and fat in the bulk tank, but this is giving us, I think that extra little bit of edge or insight into kind of 
relating with the what academia is telling us with all this research on why we shouldn't do it and giving us a very on-farm tangible thing that we can look at and say hey you know i noticed that your pen capacity is at 110 percent um and you see these cows that are kind of fighting at the feed bunk and maybe dry matter and takes a little bit lower than it should be you know and and seeing how it relates from the cow side factors into the bulk tank Exactly, because it's not always diet. We focus on diet a lot because that's something we can we can change probably more easily than 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 facilities. But whatever whatever affects rumen health, and we know there's a number of things we've always known that is going to affect de novos. But again, it's the de novos are such a a, a very fine tuning of what's going on in the rumen, and, and the, the de novo production is so. Uh, on, on for Profilab is just so sensitive. Uh, if you're getting it on every pickup, you can see the changes very easily, whether they're positive or negative, and you just try to maximize the the positive things that promote more de novos, more butterfat. Yeah, I think we looked at the one herd and we made some changes and they implemented them on Saturday. They did the test on Monday and we could see already a positive impact on exactly. our feed exactly. change. It's like, it's unreal, so... Yeah. Well, I um, think that was the herd that you originally worked on and we yeah, weren't bad, yeah. but we were a little low and, and you just improved. And I think it was, you, you changed the fiber profile a little bit, maybe a little more effective fiber and you could just see butterfat going up. And I always remember the statement of that producer. I've never had butterfat this high. Cause I think he started running 4.3 and mm-hmm. that's money in the bank eh? for a very small change on the diet that we might have seen or not seen without this, you know, it's, it's yeah, really yeah. hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to circle back a little bit because you talked, started talking about some of the other things that we're looking at in the profi lab. So uh, the mixed and the preformed. So maybe let's start at preformed and then we'll kind of work our way back down to mix because I think if we look at the mix, they're kind of influenced. Yeah, uh, exactly. From both the mixed, both, so. mixed are in the middle. So de novo's, yeah synthesized in the mammary gland they reflect rumen health that's all you have to remember the interesting thing about de novos is again um if you if you took a milk sample from a beef cow she'd have high de novos but she doesn't Mm -hmm. have any production so high de novos doesn't mean production it means rumen health is there but at the same time if you can have good production and rumen health that's great preformed on the other side they're interesting because they come from the feeds that the cow Mm -hmm. eats and also her body reserves. So for instance, if, if you're looking at a herd and monitoring Profilab and, and it goes out on pasture, as some herds still do, uh, preform go through the roof, they take off. There's tons of long chain fatty acids in, in fresh, fresh pasture. And, and you see that preform go up and gradually come down as the pastures kind of mellow down as time goes on. But if you're looking at a herd that's not sending them out the pasture and you see this increase in preform, you want to start wondering, boy, am I into major body uh, weight loss here, body condition score uh, going down? Uh, or am I feeding a, a product that's high in long chain fatty acids? So a lot of interpretation that you need, not only the producer, but the person feeding the herd. I've tried to interpret Profilab at a distance without a lot of information. And boy, you overinterpret a eh? so but with the right people talking about what's going on, we can really pinpoint what's causing these changes. And if we don't want those changes, we can fix them because we know what caused the change. Yeah, I think you told me a funny story about a producer feeding potato chips. So it must have been in PEI, if I had to guess. But 
well and they ran into like yeah butterfat dropped the preformed the de novo everything dropped on them and you're like okay so what are you feeding and it was too much oil it was interesting because they and starch, were starch, I guess, too. So yeah, they were a low butter fat herd and a low uh, milk protein herd, and you knew rumen health was a concern, but no one could figure it out. And actually, actually, this is one of the herds, Deborah Sanchi, who kind of is the the lactinet person uh, who who really works with Profilab more than anyone I know. And she was called in to look at this herd, and she she looked at a bunch of things and, and showed the Profilab. They started running Profilab on it. It was one of the first herds in New Brunswick. And you, you could just see, like, like butterfat was, like, 3.5. Milk protein was down. Um, de novos were really lo- low, so you knew you had poor rumen health. Um, preformed were actually elevated. They were higher than normal be- because, and we didn't know why, or at least I didn't know why, but the bottom line was they were feeding potato chips. So they were looking for a, a fairly inexpensive source of starch, which they found, but the vegetable oil in the potato chips, which is again, long chain uh, fatty acids, were pushing the preformed up. And there's another fatty acid we haven't really talked about, the, the polyunsaturated, and I won't get into that, but it is another one we look at, were really quite high. And Deborah, in about 10 seconds, you know, came to the conclusion that we had poor rumen health because of something going on, probably feeding a, a fat source, and it was potato chips, eh? And as soon as they pulled it, uh, I believe things got a lot better. It was just very neat to see, eh? And, and in hindsight, everyone thought, oh, yeah, I probably don't feed that many potato chips. But it wasn't our first thought when we started talking with this herd. So it's a very powerful tool. I know I could almost probably, I should maybe even do a whole podcast on different fat sources because not all fats are created equal. It's funny, we were talking about uh, the different, uh, the unsaturated fats and how the cow actually has to convert those and break that double carbon bond and so that she can utilize the energy in that. Yeah, exactly. My understanding is, and I'm not a biochemist and I understand some of this a little bit, the, the rumen bugs don't like these these polyunsaturated fatty acids that much the double bonds they want to break them down into uh, by biohydrogenation to to just single bonds and they can utilize them better and that's one of the reasons when we do feed uh, feed sources like like roasted beans or raw beans at too high a level there's a lot of polyunsaturated fat in there it'll kind of gum up the rumen process and the result will be pushing your de novos down because the rumen's not healthy and also suppressing butter fat. Eh? So it's all interconnected. Uh, the cow needs fat and needs certain sources of fat, but mm-hmm. at, at the right amount and at the right time. And, and, and understanding that can, like the greatest example I'll, I'll, I'll give you is a herd. It was one of the first ones I worked with here in Nova Scotia. Um, pretty good herd, robot herd. Uh, we're running about 39, 40 liters of milk, but not very good butter fat. Like, three 3.98 3.95 protein was was 3.1 struggling to fill quota and so the option was do we go to palm fat because we knew if we pushed a little palm in there we could jump it by about 0.2 maybe with two 300 grams of palm but when we ran the profilab the other thing profilab gives you too is mun the muns were high so i i kind of took a bit of a guess, but having looked at enough of these, I said, Let, let's see if we can modify our starch level by feeding a little more starch. And we did that. We, we went up 5%. He was feeding dry corn. So we went up 5%, then 10%. I think we went to 12. And all of a sudden, we saw the de novo swinging up. 
the butterfat swinging up, the butterfat got to 4.25 to 4.3 and the muns came down and we solved our problem. Eh? And I would have never, ever pushed starch into a low butterfat herd until I had learned a little bit more about, about fatty acids and profilab. And it was a much cheaper way to raise, you know, uh, his herd's butterfat or milk fat than if we were going to, to palm fat. Yeah, and, and with this time of year, it just makes it seem so important in mm-hmm. making sure that the forage comes off in good quality and gets packed yeah. and put in the silo because it's our biggest influence on all these fatty acids and the fermentation in the rumen, right? Yeah. So to get it right now, we'll probably, no, it won't probably, but it will save a lot of headaches, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. down the road. Well, so. as, as you know, as we've worked on a few herds, the first thing I look at if the novos are low and I'm worried about rumen health is I ask about forages. How much forage are we feeding? What's the quality of forage? What's the length of the chop? Because if we can't get the right amount of effective fiber, the right amount of forage into these rumens, nothing else matters. These are ruminants, nope. eh? And in a lot of herds, that's usually where the issue is with low de novos. Not always, but that's where I start. And if that's okay, then I'll look at other things like, are we? do we have enough starch? Do we have enough protein? Um, do we have mycotoxins? Do we have butyric? These sort of things. But mm-hmm. making sure we're feeding good, good forage, and, and in order to feed good forage, we have to make good forage and putting it away properly. Um, that's key, eh? And, and I would say, and you would know better than me, it's one of the biggest issues we see on dairy farms in Atlanta, Canada, is quality of forage, consistent quality of forage. We struggle with it. We had more forage this year than ever before, but we have more bad forage than ever before too, because we were storing it in places in ways that never should have, never should have happened. Eh? Yeah. Uh, I would like to say in Ontario, everything's done perfectly, but that's, that's what I've heard. That's I, what I've heard. I'd be uh, <laughs> passing on a false narrative. So, and, and I mean, there's a lot of things happening on a farm and sometimes you just got to do deal play the cards that are dealt to you so yeah no question but at least recognizing where the weakness is so we we don't chase the wrong rabbit down the wrong hole trying to fix this yeah yeah and uh yeah i just this stuff's so interesting sterling so it, it is it is if you told me 35 years ago as a vet i'd be talking about this stuff i'd say you were crazy but this is pretty <laughs> this is pretty neat stuff hey eh? and it yeah. there's nothing that will impact the farm I don't think more, not, not in Profilab, but understanding what, what causes the rumen to function and how can we make her healthy and still have tremendous production and, and push 1.7, 1.8, 1.9 kgs of fat with healthy rumens. Eh? That's, that's the key. Well, now, and, and now, like I know with the couple of clients that I'm working with uh, that we're kind of mutually working on, you know, I'm talking to him and he's like, well, let's wait till after we do the profi lab, then we'll make the change and see how it affects it. So like the producers are so far really interested in this. Oh yeah. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Eh? Everyone waits for it. And sometimes the results aren't what we want. And then uh, not that people are unhappy, but you only want good results. Eh? And sometimes we don't, but sometimes we're learning more from, from a, a, a poor profi lab than a great profi lab, but, but it's a wonderful tool. Uh, uh, to to let us know are the fine changes we're making in the diet. And that's what we're doing in these herds. eh? We're not making major changes, at least not most of the time. Are they worthwhile and are they, are they, are they going to help us? So I kind of want to circle back and just kind of do a a little brief kind of thing. So we're talking about de novos, which are the, the cows produced them through the rumen. 
And then we talked about the preform, which is highly influenced by by feedstuffs. Now, what about mixed? Like, can you maybe explain to what the mixed are? Well, the mixed again, the mixed is 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 C sixteen fatty acids, palmitic acid. So it can come. The cow can produce that herself in her mammary gland as as a de novo uh, fatty acid, or we can feed it to her. So if 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 I'm in a herd where de novos are low and we manage to do something to manipulate the rumen to improve rumen health and improve de novos, mixed will also go up. They'll mirror each other. Okay. But if I'm in a herd where butter fat is actually pretty decent, okay, and but I see decent, you know, over over the average that that we call um, the average from all the different herds that are measured on this is, is what we use as our average line. So a decent butter fat, say it's uh, I don't know, 4.3, 4.35. But if de novos are low and the butter fat is high and the mixed are also up, we probably know we have an influence of an external source of palmitic acid, which is fine. But but the better way would be to improve the, the de novos and, and get the butter fat to that same level and, and maybe reduce the amount of palmitic acid we're, we're feeding if if that indeed is is what was happening yeah so it, it's it's quite fascinating to see what a herd is doing what it could be doing and what what it needs to be doing to be more profitable here um because the margins say eh? margins are tight yeah and i mean i don't know what the what the price of palm fat is in in eastern canada but i know here in central canada it's pretty bloody expensive. Yeah. Like we're looking at, you know, if you're going to put 200 grams in a cow, you're probably going to be paying 70 cents mm-hmm. per cow mm-hmm. per day, which is astronomical on top of already expensive proteins and grains uh, yeah. right now, just because of markets and, and kind of global demand. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of fine tuning stuff like this is, is going to really kind of help producers kind of drill down on their feeding program. And, and not only what's in the TMR, but, you know, how it's fed, timing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said earlier, cut length. Uh, I really think it helps identify things like with cow comfort, for instance, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if a cow's time budget's kind of out of whack and she's not ruminating for nine, 10 hours a day, well, well, why is that? And mm-hmm. and I think it just, it, it gives us another, I hate using this analogy, but another tool in the toolbox to go kind of troubleshoot some underlying issues that might be happening uh, at a farm. Well, it really does. And, and I think it's overwhelming sometimes, but I have a checkoff list that if de novos are low, I go down this list because I don't want to take a quick guess at what the problem is because we'll be throwing darts at the board all day long. But if you go through your checkoff list on the things that can affect room and health, and, and you're right, cow comfort's in there too, you'll find it. Eh? You'll find what the problem is. And if you can improve that, you'll see the quick turnaround um, by, by, by the de novo production going up and, and, and butterfat going up as well. So it, it's a wonderful tool. And back to palmitic acid or palm fat, there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that scares me a little bit, if it's the first thing we grab when butterfat is low, I'm not sure that's the best move. Eh? Let's use it as a tool if we need it. But if we can improve rumen health first, I know cows breed better when when de novos are strong. I know I get better repro when de novos are strong. I know I have healthier, I have less problems when de novos are strong. Again, when production is good too. There's a lot of herds that I see that have tremendous de novos, but their production isn't as strong as it should be. 
And we kind of go the other way. We, we push a little on those herds. We say, well, here's an opportunity. Maybe we can improve production, lower de novos a bit, but, 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 gain, but gain in terms of uh, kgs of fat and protein. Eh? So every herd's a little different, but it's a wonderful tool. It really is. The other thing we talked about too in a conversation we were having was about butyric acid. And I thought that you can maybe shed some light on that because it's kind of, it's opened my eyes up a little bit with, with what you said about that on a couple farms and high mm-hmm. MUNs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting with butyric acid and we're seeing a lot of it in Atlantic Canada this year. Again, I think with the overproduction of forages and maybe we're putting it into piles that weren't necessarily uh, packed properly or, 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 or work properly. So we are seeing more butyric. And, and as you know, butyric can come from soil contamination, but also manure contamination. So it's and just improper fermentation. Like if, if people exactly. are, if people are wondering about what butyric kind of smells like, just go grab a handful of haylage. And if your wife gets mad at you and tells you to wash your hands and you just can't get the smell off, that's butyric. Exactly. And, and you know, you see reduced uh, intakes, in, in dry cows, if, if everything's going well in the dry cows and I start seeing some retained placentas for no other reason and I'm not really seeing signs of milk fever, I start wondering, do I have some butyric in my forages? Because for me, in my experience, I will see more retained placentas with butyric. So I don't want butyric and I want as little as possible. But on Profilab, where butyric is really neat, and, and this is something I've learned over time. I, I, didn't, I didn't know this in the beginning. Uh, if I have a profile where say uh, I, I could have actually butterfat fairly decent, e- even de novo's fairly decent, but high muns and just things not going well. Um, when, when you have butyric acid, um, you usually have higher levels of, of ammonia too in the feed and, and that's going to push your muns up. And it's also going to cause, you know, low grade ketosis in the herd because butyric does cause ketosis at all levels of lactation. So butter fat will kind of go up as the cow's mobilizing a little more um, uh, body weight because she's in a ketotic phase. Preformed will be up. So there are specific profiles. You can't say it's butyric, but if you rule out all the other things and they're not sure about butyric, you can say, boy, you want to check your forages for butyric. And as you know, you don't always find butyric. No, it's, it's really vol like it, it's uh quote unquote volatile fatty acid, but yeah. it's probably the most volatile. So it, it really like, uh, I guess the word is volatize. It volatizes very fast. Yeah, exactly. So you got to take, you a, good take, yeah, you gotta take a good sample. You got to take a good sample, airtight, mm-hmm. get it to the lab within a couple hours, because if not, a lot of times, you know, you know, what's there, but it's just might not register on the sample and not all samples uh, look at it either. I know there are some labs that don't have it, but. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And every lab is a little different. I've seen samples from three different labs give me different levels of butyric or no butyric. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the labs aren't good. I think they're all good, but it's a tough one. But the cows will tell us there's butyric in there. And now with Profilab, we can almost use this as maybe a way to understand that, yeah, there is butyric here. That's that's the rabbit we have to chase. Uh, Maybe not something else. Um, because again, um, it, it may or may not affect rumen health right away, but it will affect performance. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be just one of those smoldering fires that all of a sudden yeah. you add some heat stress or add some, something yes. else to the, to the matter and boom, she's exactly. It's exactly. Burning, so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, can you maybe like, I know you said you're dealing with quite a few herds in Atlantic Canada and 
can you maybe just talk about some specific experiences that you've had uh, mm-hmm. with Profilab more than maybe you've already kind of shared with us? Mm-hmm. Well, well, again, it's it's one of these things that you, you go in and, and the big thing that I'm seeing, and not that I'm getting challenged on, but I, I work with, you know, all, all types of herds, but higher production herds, um, it's a little tougher to have good rumen health in higher production herds. It, it really is because I think we're pushing the cows. But what I have seen is that if, if we do everything right from, from you know, how we, how we uh, manage the feed, how we make the feed, how we store the feed, how we feed it out, and we can have strong de novos in high production because I think for a while there, the thought was, boy, if, if I'm going to push over 45 liters of milk, maybe my de novos won't be as good as, as the guy who's, who's giving 32 liters. But the opportunity to have strong de novos, we, we've shown it really can be at any level of production. Eh? Um, and the herd that has the high de novos with the high production, these are the most profitable herds. There's no doubt about it profitability and and high de novos and high production herds go hand in hand so that's kind of been my experience that we need to chase room and health even in these really superior herds um because it's possible i gotta preface this like i do not know very much about this whole milk fatty acid thing like i'm learning as we go and i and like i told you before sterling is um it's kind of like what i do with uh Antionic salts is that I used to add it to fix a problem and then my light bulb went off and I said, well, let's add it when everything's going good and see if we can't make it better. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way, like the best way that I learned is I just throw my feet in the fire and, and uh, kind of sink or swim. But it's just, it's just fascinating. These little minute changes that we make, or you get into a different forage and, mm-hmm. and we can see these levels dropping and Yeah. Well, well, I'm finding from my personal experience, I, I'm not usually the genius that can figure out the problem. That ain't me. But I tell you, retrospectively, it's kind of neat to go back and say, ah, oh, that's what happened. We, we, and, and we'll catch that next time. Because at the moment, we, we weren't smart enough to figure out all the details. But as the information came in, and it was butyric, or it was mycotoxins, or it was whatever, as long as we benchmark it along the way, eh? I, I yeah. think that that's how we're really going to understand this stuff. So the next time round, we're going to be a little smarter because we've seen it before. Um, so it's, it's a learning curve. And, and like you, I, I don't profess to be a fatty acid expert at all, but it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. And it's fairly inexpensive. Like I, I have some numbers here for, for the producers in Quebec, because that is the only province where on every single bulk tank they have it. It's thirty-one dollars and fifty cents a month. They get their 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 all their fatty acids and their MUN. Um, I think the way we're doing it right now, uh, you, you and me, and 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 in Nova Scotia and Atlantic, we're ten dollars uh, per sample. So that's that's about forty dollars a month. But then we have our pure later charges because we got to then send the sample up to Quebec yeah, to the lab yeah. in Quebec that does it. So uh, it's, it's still a good deal, but it's not quite the same deal as if it can be just done when, 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 the, uh, when the bulk tank is picked up on the farm. Eh? And, and it is coming. I believe within, within two years, there's going to be more provinces doing this than not doing it. That's my thought. Yeah. Well, I think, and 
I often wonder if it isn't going to get driven by the producers or maybe even processors because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think the the more that we're breaking milk apart and reassembling it, I think the processors are going to say, well, you know, if, if we're making cheese, we want a certain fatty exactly. acid profile of the milk or if we're making fluid, we want a different fatty acid profile of the milk. And like, I don't know this, like I'm just sputing, sputing but, stuff but out I think, here. I, but think, like, I think you're right. I think that yeah. the potential for this is huge, eh? And, and to try and understand, you know, how the cow can, 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 can make kgs of fat and protein as inexpensively as possible and, and as long as the product is good. So, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of benefits this, to this that we haven't even figured out yet. Uh, I believe it's just a matter of working with it and learning about it. We're in the early days of this book, eh? the first few chapters. The story yeah. hasn't been written yet, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and like I said when we started here is that, you know, we started hearing about it five eight years ago and mm-hmm. like anytime I was hearing Dr. Barbano talk about it, it's just like over my head. <laughs> yeah. It's still it's still over my head, but I'm I'm a slow learner too, Sterling. So well listen, you're faster than me because when Lactinet first sent in, sent this stuff to me, I went, Are you kidding me? I, I I don't need this. And and I had no interest in it at all. And I they kept kind of knocking on the door saying, Well, and I'm so glad they did because I really wasn't that interested. Because I'm old and I don't want to learn anymore. I'm, I'm getting tired. But I'm sort of glad that they, 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 they kept at me because this is really neat. I, I like getting up in the morning and working with some of these profilab herds because it's a challenge. Eh? And, and I do see the future in it. Eh? It's, I'm not the future, but this is the future. Yeah, yeah. And I'm afraid, like, from my job or your job, we're going to get into a point where, you know, we're going to have information paralysis because we're just going to have so much stuff coming at us that we don't even know where to start. <laughs> and, hey, we, and we kind of already do. So wait till they start doing this on individual samples on, on test day. Yeah, it, It'll be fantastic. You'll be able to look at groups of cows, fresh cows, transition cows, but it'll be mind boggling. As you said, It'll be a lot of data. What we're going to do with it all, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned different groups of cows because I think, like anything that I kind of see in the dairy industry, a lot of our time, energy, effort, and money are kind of spent anywhere around transition. So transition cows, transition calves. So you can't really do a profit lab on a calf, but you can on, say, a, a pen of fresh cows. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. We can look at it and say, okay, these preforms are too high. You know, exactly. these cows are just mobilizing way too much body fat. Like, how are we yeah. going to, how are we going to react or how, or what's the issue as to, to why we're seeing this happen? So, exactly. and, and kind of get yeah. us on that, that path to, to fixing it. So I yeah, think long-term, I, I think long-term, I don't know how long, maybe five years or something like that. We might, we'll be seeing this and, and it'll be a more norm in mm-hmm. the industry and, I always kind of use a, a four to one ruler and maybe even a five to one rule, but for every dollar of prevention you spend, uh, it, it's about equivalent to $5 in reaction. And what I mean by that, if you spend a dollar on prevention, if you were not to prevent that problem, it'll cost you $5 to react to it likely mm-hmm, four to $5. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if we have herds that are seeing high ketosis levels, you know, we go look at the, the milk fatty acid okay yeah like she is mobilizing a lot of body fat so how do we mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do we fix this and and the, the fixes that we come up with will be able to see more directly what impact did they have did this additive really help us or not because with with the fine tuned changes with with this fatty acid analysis potentially 
we won't have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks. We'll see it in days, you know? So yeah, the potential is huge. Eh? I mean, it's, it's scary what this could do, but it, it will be more data and, and there's still more work to be done. But, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the end game is, is going to be a good game once we figure all this out. Yeah. Uh, I did have a question. So when we're looking at like, when you send a nice little Excel report with it, but, when we're looking at the baseline on that, so you said they're testing like how many bulk tanks in Quebec. So is that like the average for that week, that day, that month, that year? Like how exactly. are we? Yeah. Well, the, the the way it works when I say the novels are high or low, it's it's compared to the average line, and that average line is produced by all bulk tanks out of Quebec. And and I have some numbers here because I didn't know these, but. There's over 4,000 herds where bulk tanks are being picked up in Quebec. So they're all being analyzed. And they then... They every pickup, break. correct? Exactly. Every single yeah. pickup. Whether, we're looking at a lot of liters of milk. Exactly. There, there's a lot of data here. And then they actually break it up. If it's a Jersey herd or a Holstein herd, they will separate the two. Because as we know, Jerseys are probably going to have a, a higher level of average than Nobles and Holsteins because their butter fat is higher. So when you look at it in Quebec, they will separate. Uh, if you're a Holstein herd, you'll be compared to the Holstein line. And that will be for all Holstein herds in Quebec, uh, you know, where, where the bulk tanks are picked up and, and Profilab uh, has been analyzed for that, for that pickup. And it's interesting because you can see the, the, the average line changes over time. Eh? Like de novos really start going up in the winter, which is when things calm down in the barn. Mm -hmm. Feeds are more stable. And in the summer, de novos will come down. And so it, it, it kind of moves like butterfat does, you know, maybe not as dramatically, but, but, the, but the average line is constantly changing. And the argument, it's not really an argument. It is, well, is that average line the line for me? Well, I tell you, it's the average line. And, and, and you're not selling or, or buying a farm because you're just a little bit above or below. But if you're way below the line uh, for de novos, you can be guaranteed you're too low. I don't care who you're talking to. But the average line is just a nice, nice sort of uh, um, way or metric to use to see where you are. And we use it for months, too, because for months, for instance, the range is, is 8 to 12. Well, you'll see the average line is probably more like like 10.01 or something like that doesn't mean you have to be there but but it really does focus down this is where the herds are is it the perfect line no but it's it's the line we use yeah it's um, the, the line we're dealt with so yeah exactly but but yeah it's 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 quite fascinating it's not perfect it's not a perfect science and interpretation is key but I really think this is where, you know, you, you can't just have uh, one person looking at it. You know, you need your nutritionist, you need your producer, maybe your vet, depending it, uh, on if they're into this, Be because it, it's, it's like a little bit of a game of chess. There's moves here and you want to try and interpret the move and know the next move. And it, it's not always that clear, but if you keep the records and you go back retrospectively, you will see what the correct move was if you if you kind of uh, analyze the game, so to speak, after it was played, uh, so that the next time you play that game, when that move comes up, you're going to know what the move is. Eh? That That's the way I see it. Yeah, and so, like, do they got year-over-year -year data, or is this pretty new? Because it'd be interesting to see how the forage every year affects these numbers, mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, last year, you know, we didn't have as strong as butter fats as we did in general compared mm -hmm. to this year. Mm -hmm. And the major changes are the forages. 
Yep. And I, I so totally it'd be interesting to kind of correlate that or see if that, if it follows the same kind of line. I, I think the data is just, it's coming in now. I mean, Quebec has been running this at the bulk tank level uh, for over two years now. And, mm-hmm. and these herds, there's a ton of data, even in the herds that I'm doing, I, I have months and months of data, but you know, when you can have years of data and it, the, the report, the official report is pretty cool because you can scroll back two and a half years when this started on that herd eh? and have mm-hmm. every single, and, and you can then uh, compare it to what was the forage that year? Because, you know, when you look at it retrospectively, you'd be able to see that. So there's a lot of analysis yet to be done based on the data that's coming in. It's, it'd be mind boggling uh, to, to understand everything they're trying to look at, to understand uh, more of, of this fatty acid analysis. Yeah. And just like, just me thinking out loud on things, as, as we talk here and what we can use it for is that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can have a graph plot and you plot when you make a change or you plot, you know, I want to test out an additive. So let's put it in here and see what happens. And, and then it's just a, it's a, it's a very tangible number and a very visually nice number to kind of look at to see if it does positively or negatively uh, yeah. affect your bottom line and cow health. Right. So for sure. And the only one thing, and you can appreciate this, it, it really has got me to, to try to do one change at a time. Because yeah, if you make and, more changes, yeah. you have no idea what impacted what. But one change at a time, that herd where we just increased a little bit of corn, eh? It was yeah. pretty cool. We could just see the de novos coming up. Yeah. Well, we're using a sniper rifle approach instead of a shotgun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> very precise. Very precise fine-tuning. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, was there any uh, final thoughts or any kind of anecdotes that you thought about this this whole Profilab thing, Sterling? Well, uh, again, I think it's 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 new and exciting, and and uh, the more I see it, the more I learn. The more I learn, I don't know very much, but 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 it is it is interesting where it's going. And I think I, I think it's going to be a producer driven thing, as you said. I think any of the producers you and I have worked with, any of the producers that I've worked with, they like this. Eh? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure everyone else likes it but the producers do. And so I think if we can get it into more producers' hands and they can see the, the power in this, eh? uh, this is going to drive the bus with, without a doubt because it's, it's something that's going to make them more profitable. There's no doubt in my mind there's profitability by understanding this. Yeah, and we're fine-tuning everything now. So this is just mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. another thing that we can look at and, and when things are going good and when things aren't going good. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we learn more from when things don't go as well as we hope, but at least we yep. we know, well, okay, we tried that. And, and it doesn't mean we don't try something else, but we can get some immediate feedback. The worst thing in the world is a change you make that you have to wait six months to see if it was a good idea or not. And that's a killer. Mm-hmm. This you're, you're waiting from one bulk tank to the next. It's not well, there's very no, long. There's no lag in the data, right? Like I know when we talk yeah. about data analysis, you look at, Mm-hmm. things like lag like how long does it take for it to show up and this is instant it's yeah. good for millennials instant gratification well, well it's funny in some of the herds <laughs> I, i'm doing it's always a tuesday sample that we send and it took me a while to realize that it was probably more reflective of who was feeding on the weekend than anything else yeah and so i had to be careful because that could be a touchy subject sometimes it's not an issue sometimes it, it isn't so now in some of these herds we're actually doing a midweek sample and then a, a Monday sample, depending when the bulk tank comes. So we can compare week feeding just versus weekend. 
And but but everyone gets a little more interested in the numbers, and and I think it helps in the feed room to make sure everyone's doing the same thing, even if they're all doing it wrong. Let's all do the same thing, so so we're not all over the place. But I've really seen that, eh? and and the feeders are really. How's the Profi Lab this week? It, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, Sterling, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know we shared a lot of uh, information today. I'm not sure how deep into the science we got, but it was good just to talk about it and, and kind of get the, get it out there on, on the fact that this product or this is, this is available in mm -hmm. certain areas of the country and um, there's some neat stuff with it and it'll probably be more, I guess, mainstream, I don't know, three to five years down the road. If I had to, I, I think, if I had to hazard I think, a guess. I, I don't think you're wrong there and it might be sooner. Yeah. And, and I just want to say this, this is a hard subject matter to have a conversation on. It's very visual. And I, I hope I hope we put it together in a way that the people listening can follow it. But I tell you, I'll make an offer and maybe I'll regret this. Anyone who's listening, who's interested in this, uh, if they contact me, however, they can, maybe you have a way that you can give it to them. I don't mind going over what it is, because eh? I really think the more producers understand about this, that's going to that's gonna really speed up this process um, that, that we have it in, in, in more provinces on every bulk tank. Uh, and it's going to make my life simpler because doing it the way we're doing now works, but it's a lot of work uh, doing it one bulk tank at a time, shipping it to a lab. And that mm -hmm. is, there's, there's a lot of, lot of little work there that I would rather just get the reports you know, in front of, in front of me on, on a laptop that, that the lab in Quebec or Ontario, wherever the labs are, uh, would be doing eh? but, uh, if, if someone's interested in that, yeah, contact me. I'd have no problem going over this with them. If, if they're of interest, uh, if there's an interest yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put your, uh, I'll put your email address in the, in the show notes. Sure. Sure. And no, then, I, uh, I, I, and I'd then if any of no the problem. listeners out there want to talk, contact Sterling about this, uh, feel free. So. Anyways, like I said earlier, thanks, Sterling. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing some some insights into into what the what the Profi Lab and what you know milk fatty acid testing is. And uh, I hope producers uh, can really kind of garner some good information from this. Well, no, and I appreciate your interest in this, Keith, because you know, as someone who's feeding herds, eh, if 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 I can't get someone like you interested in this, then 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 this goes nowhere, right? So uh, I think it's great. Perfect. Thanks, Sterling. Okay, take care. Thanks for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the dairy team at Trout Nutrition Canada and our SureGain dealer partners. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast player. And please leave us a review. If you'd like more information about today's discussions, please reach out. We have left our contact information in the show notes. I would also like to extend a special thanks to our sound engineer, Daniel Noguera.